Welcome to The Word from Bethlehem Lutheran Church. I'm Pastor Abigail Zhang Hoffman. And I'm Pastor Amy Walter-Peterson. Thanks for dwelling in The Word with us today. We are in the midst of our annual giving appeal when we invite your financial support for the ministry we share at Bethlehem Lutheran Church, which includes this podcast. The work we do together is made possible by your generosity, your generosity of time, talent, and treasure. Today, we invite you to visit our website at www.blcfairport.org and click on support the BLC vision to learn more. We'll include the full link in our show notes. If you have never given financially to BLC's ministry, consider making a gift. If you are already someone who gives regularly to BLC, consider making your gift on a monthly basis or a recurring basis. If you currently give regularly, would you consider increasing your offering this year? And thank you for listening. And thank you for helping us to spread the word. Today's gospel comes from the book of Luke, the 18th chapter, beginning with the ninth verse. Jesus also told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and regarded others with contempt. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee standing by himself was praying thus, God, I thank you that I am not like other people, thieves, rogues, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give a tenth of all my income. But the tax collector, standing far off, would not even look up to heaven, but was beating his breast and saying, God be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his home justified rather than the other. For all who exalt themselves will be humbled, but all who humble themselves will be exalted. That's quite a story. And as I have read it over the last week, there is this silly Gatorade advertisement that kept popping into my head. I tell you, the Holy Spirit works in very strange ways, but it's the commercial with Michael Jordan, the basketball player, not the actor, and it has that catchy jingle. Like Mike, got to be like Mike. The message of the ad is very simple. Michael equals good, at least when it comes to basketball. Be like Mike. That's the whole point of the ad. I think the reason that this ad came into my head this week is because the message of today's gospel seems equally as simple to me. Tax collector equals good. Pharisee equals bad, which of course doesn't make any sense. So there's this sense that the message is like the tax collector, got to be like the tax collector. Of course, the words don't fit. And let's be honest, it's not nearly as catchy as the original ad. On the surface, There's little that's surprising or unexpected at all in this parable. 
two men go up to the temple to pray. What happens next is just as we have come to expect from Jesus. He commends the humility of the taxpayer while at the same time condemning the self-righteousness of the Pharisee. Except, I'm not convinced that's what's happening in today's gospel. I am convinced that when I read this parable, that's what happens in my brain. When I read today's text, my inner dialogue sounds something like this. What arrogance. No wonder Jesus says what he says. God, I thank you that I am not like other people. Who prays like that? Who says that? That's my brain. I am quick to condemn the prayer of that Pharisee and say, thank God I am not like that. Which, of course, as soon as... As I've thought it, I have become exactly like the one I am condemning. It's a beautiful trap that Jesus sets for us. There is a great danger in reading the parable the way I do, as condemning the tax collector, as, excuse me, as commending the tax collector and condemning the Pharisee. It's dangerous because it's deadly. Throughout history, Jesus' critique of particular Pharisees and particular practices has been turned into a blanket criticism of all Pharisees, which easily becomes perverted into a condemnation of Jewish people, which in the hands of bullies turns into acts of anti-Semitism or even worse, a deadly holocaust. As heirs of Martin Luther, who was no stranger to hate-filled anti-Jewish rhetoric in his writing, I feel like I as a Lutheran have a particular responsibility to not only speak against such interpretations, but to also offer correctives of how scripture is twisted in the hands and voices of evil. So let me be clear. Jesus was a faithful Jewish man. He was obedient to the law of Moses. He often engaged with and ate in the homes of Pharisees. Jesus was not condemning a faith or a way of worshiping or prayer. If he condemns anything, it is an attitude of self-righteous judgment, which reveals a contempt for others. For the self-righteous man in today's parable, love of God has become separated from love of neighbor. And for Jesus, that is always a concern. So if the interpretation of today's parable is not as simplistic as it first appears, then what does it mean? How can it speak to us? As we have been working our way through various parables of Jesus over the last few months, I have been reading on and off a commentary called Jesus Through Middle Eastern Eyes by Kenneth Bailey. And his commentary on this particular parable has been eye-opening for me. Bailey shares insight about the scene that Jesus describes in his parable that invites a much deeper meaning than than what is immediately apparent. Bailey explains that both the self-righteous man and the tax collector make their way to the temple to pray during one of two times each day when the daily atonement offerings for Israel's sin was offered. In the first century, 
at twice a day at dawn and 3 p.m. a temple sacrifice was made for the sins of Israel. And during this ritual there was a particular moment when the priest would enter into the Holy of Holies to make an offering of incense that individuals would offer their own private prayers. Even many pious Jews who were not in the temple would offer their private prayers at this time of day when they knew that the incense offering was being made in the temple. And so, at the temple, at this particular moment, the self-righteous man stands apart by himself in order to not be defiled by the crowd of worshipers who he considers unclean. He prays aloud as was the custom, and his prayer is really a sermon for the unclean ones who may be around him and listening in. Like me, he prays. God help them be like me. And why wouldn't he? His life is exemplary. In enumerating his good works, he names how he goes beyond the requirements of the law. He fasts two days a week. He tithes on all of his possessions. Both actions are more than the law requires. You see what he's doing, don't you? He has placed his entire hope in himself, in his actions, in his goodness, in his righteousness. Kenneth Bailey says it clearly. Rather than comparing himself to God's expectations of him, he compares himself to others. Contrast his actions with the tax collector who stands apart from the other worshipers. He knows his status. He doesn't measure up. The usual posture for prayer in the temple was to look down and keep one's arms crossed over the chest. But he, Jesus tells us, beats his breast as he prays. This action was generally reserved for women, not men, and was the action of one deeply distraught and filled with grief. In the Bible, the only other case of people beating their breasts is at the end of Luke's gospel at the foot of the cross after Jesus has died. In this moment, when one of the two daily atonement sacrifices for the sins of Israel has been made, this distraught man standing apart from the crowd prays, O oh God, make an atonement for me. Do you see what he's doing? He is so filled with grief and perhaps guilt over his own life and what he has become that he asks God to atone for his sin beyond what is already offered for the sins of Israel. Even as this sacrifice is being offered on his behalf as a child of Abraham, he sees himself beyond its power. These two men stand in the temple, separated by distance and reflecting the broadest possible continuum of responses to God's action toward humanity. From the Pharisee who relies on his own ability to hit the mark of righteousness to the tax collector, who is certain that he does not measure up and lies entirely beyond the scope of God's mercy. Wherever it is that we find ourselves along this continuum, Jesus 
is for us. In this scene that Jesus paints for us today, in today's parable, there are so many more present than those that we see at first glance. There is a Pharisee and a tax collector, yes, but there are also priests and worshipers. There are those at home who know that this is the hour of prayer, and there are followers who have been on the road with Jesus, listening to his every word. And in the mystery of God's timelessness, there is you and me. In his commentary, Kenneth Bailey reminds us, that sin for Jesus is not primarily broken law, but a broken relationship. And as, his, and as Jesus makes his way ever nearer to Jerusalem in Luke's gospel, we will soon see him on a cross. And there, with his arms stretched wide, Jesus will restore the relationship with God that we have broken by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We cannot escape the expansiveness of God's love for all things made known in Jesus. As I have returned to this parable throughout the week, the words of an old hymn have been ever present in my mind. The hymn begins, there's a wideness in God's mercy like the wideness of the sea. There's a kindness in God's justice, which is more than liberty. And then it continues. There is welcome for the sinner and a promised grace make good. There is mercy with the Savior. There is healing in his blood. There is grace enough for thousands of new worlds as great as this. There is room for fresh creation in that upper home of bliss. Friends, there is a wideness in God's mercy. And it's wide enough for all. For you, for me, for all. Amen. We hope you've been fed by the word this week. Don't miss an episode. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And share your feedback with us at the word at blcfairport.org. And if you'd like to learn more about Bethlehem Lutheran Church or support the ministry we share, including this podcast, please visit www.blcfairport.org.